I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Volkelman. <laughs> and and I'm Corwin Kroll. <laughs> and 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 this is the Lantern Cast. Episode one thirty four, did we say? One thirty three. I one thirty three. Like literally less than sixty seconds ago. Chad distracted me. <laughs> it's the improper use of and <laughs> It's funny because 134 is the exact same number you had trouble with last time. Oh, it is, isn't it? (laughs) Corwin doesn't know that yet. Wait, are you guys from the future or something? Yes. (laughs) It's the future somewhere. James is living in the future, isn't he? Or is it past? When does he come back from Australia? October. Really? That's a long time. I feel like we've gone over this before. We probably have, but I don't remember things when you say them, so. Okay, so this is just a general talk episode, and uh, we basically started talking, and then all of that stuff, since it's unofficial and not in the episode, is going to be going after the, <coughs> <laughs> after the episode ends. So fast forward until there's only 40 minutes left, and then start listening. <laughs> <laughs> and... And then that's where this basically is going to pick up from. So, Dan, you, we're, we're talking about how there's the potential for them to no longer be using the Star Heart for the origin of Alan Scott's powers. Yeah, and, you know, I still, I haven't even read Earth 2 number 2 yet, so this could still, this could be me just, like, pulling stuff out of the air randomly. But, like, like when I look at Alan Scott's new 52 costume... It looks a lot more like a Green Lantern Corps kind of costume than anything really like, like, magic e. So I just have this impression in my head that he's going to be more of your usual science fiction based character. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know. That's just the vibe I get looking at his uh, character sketches now, <clears throat> which, you know, I didn't think about it until yesterday. That you know what? That probably means there's no more Starheart. And I think I like that <laughs> because, you know, when you when it comes right down to it, is the star heart has been this <clears throat> this I, like this basically this tool to constantly tweak Alan Scott in some way whenever DC needed to like change something about him, like his age or his power level or his costume or whatever they would have a story where the star heart comes back and something funky happens and in the end it's it's gone for a little while and oh what happened to alan uh, <laughs> so it's it's such like a plot device and they really like they really shot themselves in the foot with it the last time they used it with um the dark things the <laughs> or as i like to call it the Corwin episode of the Lantern cast because Jim was just sort of throwing up on himself in the corner while Corwin was conducting a review. <laughs> uh, well, I'll... listen, if, if, if it recorded the first time, things would have been different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, yeah, that, that, that storyline was horrific. Um, but I mean, like, well, first off, you're wrong. Um, it's not going to be more sci-fi based. And I, I think they brought that up in uh, an interview um, with uh, Robinson. All right. Which, I mean, he didn't go into specifics, but I, you know, it still will be magic based. 
Okay, I was going to say if you guys were actually going to talk about Earth 2, because I have read it, and I, I didn't know if you wanted me to spoil anything. No. Okay. <laughs> Dan Dan can't be spoiled. His, his ears are very fragile. They are. They're glass. Nicholas Scott's on the art. Yay! Well, yeah, I did read the first issue, so like yeah, that was wonderful. She's killing it. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, the well, the the idea of the Starheart, like like you said, it's a plot device, and with it, they could basically do whatever they want with Alan Scott. So you have this, you know, this character from like seventy years ago, and he has a built-in plot device that whenever you want, you can make him more relevant to you know current day. Well, they all al- they already did that by reinventing the character. Yeah, well, which I don't think was necessary, but you know. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. But, but I mean, well, look, we've like, we've gone there. <laughs> we've the, gone the, there in depth. I mean, I think the Starheart as like a big idea is cool. You know, the idea that okay. The Guardians took all the random magic in the universe and crammed it into this crystal or whatever, and then it came to life. And like, like that's a that's a big idea. I, I like that concept. I like that idea. But all right, one, if we're going to divorce Alan Scott from the Green Lantern Corps, then it can't have that origin anymore. And if we're if they're taking him back to square one. Why do you need the Starheart necessarily at all? I like the idea of it being different from the Green Lantern Corps because it's like you have Earth Two, you have Alan Scott. What makes him what makes him special? He'd just be like a totally another lantern, a different universe lantern. Well, yeah. like I I liked the I like the idea of the Starheart being like you know all the random magic, but still having a connection to the Guardians. <laughs> You know, which makes him related, but different. You know, his powers are completely different, and yet he's still tangentially related to the rest of the Green Lanterns. Um, Which makes sense with him being in the same universe as all the other Green Lanterns. Um, And I mean, not for nothing, but there were a number of stories where, you know, we'd have like those those call-outs to like what was going to happen in the future... And we'd always be seeing Alan Scott, like, frozen on that wall of, like, you know, magical people. And not to mention, what was it, Origins and Omens? Mm -hmm. It was Alan Scott, it was uh, Torquemada, Mm -hmm. and... And Mordru. Mordru? Yeah, the JSA villain. Right, right. Um, Those are the three that were before the Guardians, like, they were being judged on something or whatever. So, I mean, like, we're basically never going to get that story now. Yeah. Or are we? Completely different costume. True. So. I don't know. I mean, that's... Whatever. (laughs) I'm not going to get upset about it. It was like like one teaser panel. Like, I'm still waiting on... An Orange Lantern Oath. I'm waiting on a Rage Kitty versus Crypto fight. I don't even know if Crypto exists. I'm still waiting on this fight. I'm not going to lose sleep over one single panel from Blackest Night not paying, not playing out. Yeah, but I mean, I think that... I think it was <clears throat> it was referenced more than in just one panel. Like, there were a couple of, a couple of teasers where 
there was some kind of like hinting that at some point the Guardians were going to confront like magic users or something. No, I think you're lumping this in with that um that Legion thing that had like a had Alan entombed on a wall in the future or something. That was also in the the Origins and Omens. No, it wasn't. That was yes, that was absolutely more than one more than just the the future Legion story. No, you're crazy. <laughs> I mean, like if if we're not going to ever find out what that you know plot point was, then I would love to talk to. I guess Jeff Johns was the one that did that issue, and find mm-hmm. out like what was, was it Tomasi? Yeah, that was in Core. Okay. Yeah, then talk to Tomasi and find out like what what they were trying to set up there. All right, Chad, get him on the phone. <laughs> Do it. He's doing it. I can hear him. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that aside, because I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we could sit here all night talking about the stories that we're not gonna see. Which you know, maybe that was your idea for a topic. I don't know. But like, let me ask, <laughs> let me ask you guys this. But we're not gonna do that. So oh, no, it wasn't. I'd have left eventually. Good. <laughs> do you? We still don't know, or at least I still don't know. The nature, what the like, the nature of the larger Green Lantern concept, if any, in this new version of Earth Two. So, what what do we want to see? Like, do we want there to be if if Alan Scott's gonna be like doing his own thing on Earth? Do we want there to be a Green Lantern Corps in Earth Two? Do we want there to be Guardians? Do they or do we want Alan Scott to be the one and only just doing his thing on Earth, like on Earth? be magic-based, sci-fi-based, or whatever. Who wants to go first? Well, you! I, yeah. <laughs> I, say, I say let him be the only one since Apocalypse nearly destroyed this Earth. I, I would hope the core would actually be, like, completely wiped out. Hmm. It would be Kyle Reiner all over again. Reiner. <laughs> yeah, well, was there actually a Green, a green Lantern on that Earth? We don't, as far as I know, we don't know yet. I think it was why? just the the big three and their daughters, or whatever. I mean, why wouldn't the Guardians come and help out? I think... Or send help. Isn't there some kind of, like, concept that the Guardians only exist in our universe, but they, <laughs> their, you know, view extends to the multiverse? I think there's a thing where, like, <clears throat> they're the same guardians in every universe, or I don't know. Yeah, they, they have. They're not really clear with that, but I'm that pretty also, sure there are no other guardians out there. That was also pre New Fifty Two. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of like there's only one anti monitor. I think <laughs> there's only one set of guardians. All right. So you want there to? So you want Alan Scott to be solo and? As the yes. Green Lantern concept of this Earth 2. Just to be different. Yes. Do you agree, Jim? For the most part, um, I don't think there should be a core. I don't think there should be Guardians. Mm-hmm. But given what I've heard of the origin of Alan Scott, you know, like what they're going to be going with, like the direction they're going to be going, it makes me think that they could somehow introduce others with similar powers to him. So, I mean, like, it would almost be like an alternate 
you know, reality version of the multiple cores. Hmm. What do you think, Chad? That'd be neat. I think it'd be cool if it was the only lantern period. Like, let's say the concepts for it being emotional-based were there, and this is just something that popped into my head, but the concepts for the emotion, the power of emotions was there, but he was the only lantern that kind of feels it all, but channels it through will i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say there but i just think i i agree he should be the only the only uh lantern in that universe i don't think the guardian should be there i do want to see i mean if i've never been a fan of obsidian at all but you know i'd like to see eventually jade or obsidian in some capacity (laughs) i think that's a a pivotal part to uh, uh the alan scott that i i know and love is uh is the idea that he's a a father figure so him him and a father figure in some capacity i guess um, would be okay with me as whether or not he actually has kids uh whatever i guess i could live without it but a father type figure for him would be kind of cool i mean they could do jane obsidian really easily just like they could they could very easily be adopted i mean Mm -hmm. and and like the only way that really slips like trips you up is like well how does jade get her powers well i mean if we're throwing the star heart out the window then <clears throat> like she the him where him wearing a green ring wouldn't make his natural children his biological children just spontaneously develop superpowers because he would still be a normal person so maybe there can be like a thing where like like you know a shard of his battery breaks off and it gets stuck in her hand and now she has the same power she had in the old universe or something and like obsidian his shit's shadow based like that doesn't have to have anything to do with alan whatsoever it could be like a freak accident or or like and a super villain could do something to him or whatever and like it would be really easy to still retain like the jade and obsidian characters relatively close I don't, I don't think that's going to happen at all. No? I think... I mean, like, I don't doubt that he'll be, like, a father figure in that he'll be um, somebody that, you know, everybody else is going to look up to because he's, like, a, a power mogul. You know, and people with that much power, other people look up to. Um, but, like, you know, they, they've you know, clearly stated that they want a, you know, a younger, um, you know, like a younger cast of characters. So they're definitely not going to give them kids. If anything, Jade and Obsidian are either going to just, you know, be other characters around, you know, that just have completely different origins and are not tied to Alan Scott, or they're going to show up on another universe, Hmm. you know? Because we're only we're only two universes in. That's it. You know, supposedly there's 52 of them, uh, at least. They should mm-hmm. actually be infinite universes. They should. There's not. I think Grant Morrison just wrote a story about Earth 23 last month too. Yes. So this. So what you guys want an infinite crisis? A new infinite crisis? I don't. No. no, I don't actually want a crisis. <laughs> I'm pretty happy with there being multiverses. 
yeah, the multiverse is fine, and the state of things right now, I'm very happy with. So, like, yeah, just keep it going. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like these two Earths and them being substantially different with how things go. But I, I get the feeling we're headed for a crossover somewhere along the lines. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I mean, we still don't know what, um... <clears throat> what, um... What the hell is it called? Trinity War is really going to be... And that has its seeds in um, the whole, you know, Flashpoint slash relaunch anyway. So, never know. Speaking of Trinity War, Chad, was there a topic that you wanted to go into? I don't know, was there? The uh, Middle (laughs) Eastern Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. Uh, DC in September will be releasing zero issues as... Some of you may or may not have heard, and uh, a lot of these zero issues focus in on the origins of a lot of these characters, considering most of the new 52 number ones just kind of started off with a bang and didn't really provide much in the way of origin stories, and the same thing with you know, Justice League starting five years ago and then jumping to the present day. Um, but Green Lantern Zero will feature the origin of not Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner or any of the others, but of a completely new Green Lantern uh, who is Arab. And um, just kind of uh, throwing that out as a topic of discussion because they're, they've been working hard to diversify their... Um, their universe and their characters. So, you know, with Alan Scott being gay and supposedly not the only um, gay character in that Earth 2 universe or in DC at all um, to be announced or coming up soon, then they also make an Arab Green Lantern. Uh, also, to the fa- the, to that effect, he was... We've already seen him uh, in the preview pages that we saw for uh, the... Um, pre-comic book day issue that DC put out on free comic book day. And he's going up against Superman <laughs> in, in that quick future flash we have of the, uh, the Trinity one, the Trinity war where, you know, Batman's hopping around with Pandora's box on his belt and all that stuff. Actually, you know what? This actually brings up something I was going to comment on the last episode I listened to. Like I said before, I am behind. I, I think I just finished like 128, but, um, Dan, I think Dan was making a comment about how much lead time uh, the writers have with these issues, and I, I really honestly don't think they get much lead in time at all, because even for that free comic book day issue, they showed it where actually Hal Jordan was actually drawn in there originally, and Jim Lee kind of went over it and you know, added these accessories to make it this new lantern. Yeah, and they changed like dialogue and stuff too, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I like like I like the fact that we're getting a new human Green Lantern. And I think around the time that these images first surfaced, we kinda we were t- I was talking about it on the forum with somebody, it might have been Yukorn, I don't even remember, but <clears throat> it makes sense that they would need a new human Green Lantern because you know Hal is technically fired. Kyle is a fugitive on the run from the Guardians. Jon Stewart is being prosecuted for murder, and Guy Gardner is off in space, being basically being set up to be the Guardian's fall guy. So, Earth is kind of not really... 
nobody's really watching it right now, so they <laughs> they need somebody. <laughs> Good point. My uh, my thoughts on it, and I'm I think I posted this on my Facebook page also. Somebody had posted the uh, you know the image of the cover. He has like an, an Arabic inscription, you know, tattooed on his arm. That's basically all we know about the character. Now, if it's, you know, if it's just that this character is, you know, Arabic, um, you know, he's Arab, whatever, um, then cool, because I think that makes sense to have, you know, if you're going to, if you are going to have more Green Lanterns from Earth, then it makes a lot of sense to not have them all come from the U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, that's that's one of those things where, you know, you just kind of accept it, but as soon as somebody points it out, it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess nobody else from the planet is worthy to become a Green Lantern, but we have yeah. four of them. I'm, I'm kind of surprised we didn't get a woman out of it. What's that? I'm kind of surprised we didn't get a woman. That's that's a good point, but um, with you, you know, I I guess there's still time. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a partner, but uh, that'll be nice. <laughs> yeah, but my 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 one you know hesitation is that I hope that it's you know a Green Lantern that also happens to be from that you know particular area. You know, the, the, like the Middle Eastern area. It's like, I really hope that they don't make him a Muslim Green Lantern. Because it's just like, you know, with all the other Green Lanterns, like, I'm pretty happy that, you know, John, uh, Kyle, Guy, and Hal are not Jewish or Catholic, you know, or some other form of Christianity or Satanists or anything like that. You know, like, I don't want, you know, the religious beliefs and whatnot like that in my comments. You know, Jim so at Atlanticast.com. Well, I, listen, I, I have my own personal beliefs, you know, and, like, you know, my, my beliefs, I don't, I don't think that there's a place for that in, in my comics. Oh, now, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Now, wait, 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 wait. I distinctly remember a time where a rambunctious young Jim Ford couldn't stop talking about all the religious implications about the origins of the entities and the White Lantern and the Blue Lanterns and all of that. Like, you, you, don't, don't, don't even, don't. Oh, listen, listen, the... All of the the things that I was talking about, it was like, it was a much more theoretical, you know, it's not pointing at any one thing. Look at the, look at uh, the Blue Lanterns. You have Saint Walker, you have an elephant, I mean, who's like very symbolic, you know, symbolic with Hinduism. Um, You know, yet you call them brothers. It's, it's general broad base they did flashbacks to the garden of eden with snakes they did (laughs) yeah but i mean that's something that pops up in a lot of creation myths Mm. that's not just christianity well then what about my favorite character of the phantom stranger you pointing out that he could be judas referencing the 30 pieces of silver but not being upset about that 
that's... I think I think Jim is saying that they actually haven't come out and said this is what it is. They kind of hint at it, and you you can take what you want from it. But mm-hmm. well, and also like those are concepts. Those are like from stories. Those aren't like you know. Well, now I'm a Christian, and I'm gonna you know I'm going to fight you because you're Jewish. You know, like that's that's what I'm getting at. Like I don't want to see like you know religious warfare in the comics. If they want to do symbolism, like you know. If they have an Arabic Green Lantern, like, it gives you, you know, an opportunity to have, you know, like, Arabian mythology and, you know, and stories like that. And if it's, you know, Muslim mythology and stories, that's something that I don't have any problem with whatsoever. I think that enriches the story. But do you see where I'm coming from as far as, you know, I don't want, like, I want somebody... Who's fighting for justice? I don't want somebody who's fighting for their religious beliefs. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. And I don't want heavy-handed religious stuff either. And I, I mean, look, I think there is a place for it. I think if that's the direction they want to go with the Phantom Stranger, for example, then you know what, go. That's fine. But at the same time, um, I have, I have two things that spring to mind. One, I think DC did this once already with um. Batman Incorporated. So I can't remember the. I think it was Night Runner was the name of the character they introduced. Because Bat, oh, was it? Who was the? Because they had, uh, um, a Muslim Batman in that series, didn't they? Isn't that Batwing? No, he's from Africa. Oh. I could have sworn there was a lot of Batman. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. I don't know. If I am, sorry. Uh, but secondly. You know, this, like, in my mind, this is the same thing as as the Alan Scott gay issue, in that, like, okay, if you want to have a gay Green Lantern, have a gay Green Lantern, but don't make the stories be all about the fact that he's a gay Green Lantern. Like, okay, you want to have, have a Green Lantern who is is Muslim or whatever religion, okay, have him just be, like, treat it like it's just another part of his character don't make it the central part of his character like when they re-envisioned blue beetle and gave us jaime reyes they didn't treat him like oh he's the like he's he's the foreign character now you know it's it's they just treated him like a character and his background came into it as much as you know i want i want i want a character of different ethnic descents ethnic descent to come into it as much as say Kyle Rayner's does you know like I don't like I read a Kyle Rayner story I don't care that he's white I care that he's Kyle Rayner and I'm enjoying stories about him that's the exact same that's the exact same thing I want from say this new guy you know he is half Hispanic now sure whatever that changes sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Remember that time when he was Irish? <laughs> well, he's half Irish. <laughs> and uh, just from the from the article I read about all the zero issues, uh, they're going the route of the number one issues in the fall, and they're binding all the zero issues into one single omnibus. Oh God! God. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just of note, just because I'm having to be have the article pulled up, uh, one of the new things I 
just found out about Dan DiDio's Phantom Stranger is um, <laughs> as a lead character in his own series, that becomes a huge challenge, like writing him into his own series. You want to know more about him and how he acts and behaves. Um, it re- he, the Phantom Stranger will become a really pivotal part in the new 52, not just going forward, but going back to in the scheme of things. So apparently we're going to get not just an origin <laughs> of the character, but like some backstory as to why he's been in the background all this time. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Have you been recording also? Yes. Oh, thank God. Did you just lose it? No, I just realized I haven't been recording at all. God, you're a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) You're joking, right? No, I'm not. (laughs) We're over an hour in, and you're like, oh, I should have pressed that button. (laughs) I never opened the program. Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Because we just went from talking right into it. James, this stays. (laughs) Well, from the moment you you did like, you know, the intro, I thought you would record already. Yeah, well, that's that's it. I we just kind of went with it. Oh, Dan's got it. Okay. Well, did you get Dan's... any of the, the the stuff that's going at the end? Um, my I have it set to start recording as soon as Skype connects. So oh, we okay, we have good. everything. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. God. So Chad, if I'm hearing you right, and I think I am. The fact that the Phantom Stranger will be dotting throughout the history of the new DC Universe means that we could be looking forward to a Phantom Stranger Team 7 crossover. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I will murder somebody. No, I won't. <laughs> um, I, I, I will say this, though. This isn't just being a Phantom Stranger fan. I think it's just basically every buzzword that Dadia was saying about this series, this could be basically be the uh the key book to the understanding the the history that is uh within this new dc 52 just you know going going forward and as well as setting up the infinity war so i think uh phantom stranger might be one of dc's best-selling books if they play it right the hell's the infinity war uh trinity war my bad oh okay (laughs) like war is marvel (laughs) yeah my bad like they're gonna fight Thanos? That I mean, that just, happened five years ago. <laughs> the, the the fact that this book is could potentially be exploring uh, the the new the the, his, the past history of the the new DCU, as well as setting up the future history that just opens up a whole lot of possibilities. The future history. Shut yes. up. That's actually a, <laughs> no, that's actually a class they teach in Wolverine and the X Men. It's amazing. They talk a lot about apocalypse. <laughs> That's actually. Can we drop Red Lanterns and just review Wolverine and the X Men every month? Now, no, you got to take the good and the bad. That's what makes this show entertaining. You take them both. And oh, don't, don't do it! No. I swear to God. The How many times have you I done this? The fact many... of life. God damn it, Carwin! <laughs> That's... Sorry. Hey, I'm it's like every still time. Like three episodes behind you can't blame me for that one that's like every time he goes oh it's almost like you take chocolate and then you take peanut butter and it's reese's yeah he he does that all the time and then he does the what uh you you say what you call it all the time what you call it (laughs) yeah wait what was the peanut butter (laughs) 
It's like you take you, you do like the the you got your chocolate and my peanut butter thing all the time whenever you find something you like. <laughs> and then you tell Chad to start the Fandom Stranger podcast that follows immediately after it. That's a great idea, the Fandom Stranger. Hey Corin, I don't know if you heard, but Chad's gonna start a podcast called the Fandom Stranger. Apparently. No, I'm not. <laughs> you should though. No, I'm not. It can be you and it can be you and Dan DiDio every episode. You'll be buddies. Oh my god. You'll be besties. No, you should get you should do it with John Suntress. He does a, a good Dan DiDio impression and just go. Oh my god. Ah, what you call? See? <laughs> god. What else do we have to talk about? Uh, Chad, what's your top ten? What? <laughs> I'm just, I'm so curious now. Chad has a top ten? <laughs> oh, oh, no. No, I, I, I sent him a text of what the topic possibilities were, and I guess he only liked one of them. <laughs> Ouch. No, no, it's not that. It's just that that one was just so intriguing. You tell somebody that you have a top ten. I said top five. You were the one that said top ten. Okay, fine, top five. Then automatically, that's that's what I want to know. <laughs> well, I'm not doing it unless everybody else is doing it. Do you want to make it a top five episode? Top five what? Yeah. Top Top five Green Lantern storylines that absolutely have to be made into get the uh, uh, sorry top five Green Lantern stories that must get the DC animated movie treatment. Ooh, oh, interesting. Do we each have to have five, or do, can we, is this a collective list? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We'll just call it a top five. We're just basically giving the. Yeah, can two of them be Ion Part 1 and Ion Part 2 based on that 12-issue I mean, thing? Oh, God. I, I think we all know what the first one we want. We probably would want is... Astro Blackest Power Night. Well, okay. Controversy. Controversy. I would even start further back and go with the Emerald, Emerald Twilight. That Very would cool. be kind of awesome. Yeah. And then into Rebirth. Mm-hmm. And then eventually into the Sinestro Core War. I think that would be excellent. I don't know if I would go all new stuff. I would like to see... Um, just This is just me going through my Kyle stuff again. But I really, really love the original appearance of Ion in the Kyle Rayner series. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that done right would make a great animated movie. Me too. And it might get them to reprint those in Trey. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I have two vo- two volumes of that trade. Yeah, because you're a hoarder. I am, and I have all the single issues as well. It's my favorite story. And it's got Dale Eaglesham art. The fact that, you know, they don't reprint Kyle stuff at all. And the fact that you have two copies means there's at least one person out there that could have read it that won't. <laughs> right. You are actively keeping someone from loving Green Lantern. Correct. Yes. They can get the single issues. God. Can they? Um, yeah, Ion, like... The original Kyle Rayner, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 
and I mean, I'm not really, I'm not looking at this in terms of like a specific order and, you know, flowing into one another. Um, I guess you, you have to kind of consider that if they have um, the first two animated movies of Green Lantern, you know, mm-hmm. they have enough to springboard onto basically any other story that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Emerald Twilight would make a very good story. <clears throat> How would you wrap that up, though? Yeah, that's like, well, I mean, because I was I was just thinking, you know, it may not have been that great of a story per se, but I think it'd be really interesting to see like Zero Hour. Well, that's a, you would have to combine them. Yeah, I Zero think, Hour because Emerald Twilight basically gives you a villain without solving the problem of the villain. Right. Well, what if, well, it, like tweak the story for the DVD, like maybe. Like how the core falls, and instead of becoming a villain, you could have Hal die in the battery explosion, or have him become the villain and fly off into space. And it ends with Kyle Rayner getting the ring. So like, even even if they never revisit this ever again, it would be like, it would be this really dark downfall of a hero story that still ends on a moment of hope. That's true. Kyle gets the ring. That's a good point. We we would have had to skip Judgment Day though. Hmm. <laughs> I, you could you could break it up into like three parts, where, like, the first part is Hal Jordan, you know, going crazy, becoming Parallax. The second part is you know, Kyle Rayner becoming the Green Lantern and having to fight with all the other heroes, um, you know, in Zero Hour, and then. The third part would be, you know, Hal Jordan, you know, getting redemption as the Spectre, you know. And if you made that into, like, one, like, extra size movie, then the next one that you, like, you could do Ion, and then you can do, like, Rebirth. Or how about just a Hal Jordan Spectre movie based on the good issues? (laughs) Like, the Two-Face issue. The Two-Face issue. Well, they only have to last, like, like, 70 minutes. So you can... No, no. <laughs> the, the best thing about doing the Ion one as well would be it coming back up in Sinestro Core War as well. Right. Although I, I, I don't even think that I would touch on that. I think I would erase the whole Ion concept. Well, if you bring in Parallax, why, why wouldn't you bring Ion? Well, Ion as in the entity. Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I think if they do Blackest Night, they will have to change a lot. Like, they can have, like, they can have, like, the Green Lantern Corps and the, the Earth Heroes and maybe, like, one or two other colors because they've already kind of established those in other movie in other uh, animated features and everything. But like I think they would they would probably have to wrap it up in a way that like okay when they all kind of care bear stare at Necron that does work kind of thing because they have time constraints and they're uh, they, they, you you don't want to pack in too much convoluted stuff into this thing because again it's it's a seventy minute thing that's already gonna have a billion characters in it so best to kind of lean to the side of like the simpler storytelling. No, you don't. You, you, 
not necessarily. I don't think yeah. it's a good thing to give the the crowd what they expect. You know, when the when they all come together and shoot and it doesn't work, I like that. I mean, that's that's bucking against the trend. You know, it's a little surprise for people who know movies and may not know anything about Green Lantern, think they know what's going to happen, and all of a sudden you kind of switch it on them. And, and and that way too, you can keep Black Hand a central figure. And speaking of Blackest Night being a great animated movie, I was just thinking that the first the story that includes the first appearance of Necron would make a good um, animated movie because you would get the, like the history of Krona and everything. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That would be a good flashback after Blackest Night. <laughs> I mean, you know what? It could even be one of those. Um, you know how uh, DC, the DC animated movies have been putting in those like shorts. Yeah, which mm-hmm. they stopped. Yeah, they stopped, but I, I wish I wish they'd continue because those are those are fantastic, each and every one of them. You know, and you're onto something there because you could actually take that one story and break it up into like three different parts to air with each movie. So by the time you get to Blackest Night, you get like the ending of that story. Or well, the, not just the ending, you could get the history that was revealed through Blackest Night without night. actually having it in the movie. Yeah. Hell, I would take another Emerald Nights where it's just. A collection of random tales of the core stuff. Like I don't even care if it, <laughs> if it like has anything to do with anything else. Like, agreed. Yeah. Or hell, or hell. Like I like not to tie into anything else. Like I, we were talking before. We mentioned the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Ranthanagar War. You know, like shorten that, maybe play up Kyle and Kilowog's involvement a little more, and just go for like this awesome space epic because like that was a really like that was just like a really enjoyable sci-fi story all by itself if if you were if you like you know said okay well we have the top five and then after those five you know you know based on the fact that they're going to be really successful there will be more green lantern movies then you know, you could you could do one based on Emerald, you know, Twilight. Um, you could do another one based on Zero Hour. You mm-hmm. could do another one based on the, uh, you know, right around episode issue one hundred. Oh, the where Kyle teams up, goes into the past, teams up with Hal, and brings oh, him to the future. Emerald yeah. Emerald Knights, that storyline. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, I'm assuming that like at the end of the Zero Hour thing, then you would just kind of like. You know, either kill off uh, Hal Jordan or, you know, have like, you know, the postscript of him just being redeemed at the end of that and turning into the Spectre or something like that or whatever. You know, uh, an animated movie of Final Night would be cool. I don't know about that. I think the (laughs) ending would be cool. No, I mean, I'm not saying the whole series. I mean, because think of all the liberties they've taken with these animated movies when they you know, transfer the storyline into the animated format. I mean, you could take liberties with Final Night and make it a better story than it was in comics. Yeah, but that one was kind of depressing, and not to mention it had <laughs> Electric Blue Superman. Hey, I kind of like the Electric Superman. Yeah, but hey, they've already... To, you have to explain that. Oh, They've already we... introduced the Sun Eater concept into the an- animated movies, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. With All-Star Superman. Yeah. Hey, how about that? How about a Superman in Red, Superman Blue animated feature? That would be cool. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we... 
Uh, How about Batman with his rainbow costumes? There you go. Batman is R. It'll be amazing. No, not not that one. I'm talking about like the storyline where he literally had one costume for each color of the rainbow. All right. You know, it's even better. For, for all of my talk about how much I love this, I honestly don't think it'd be made a great animated series as the Green Lantern Green Arrow series. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. Oh, no, no, no. Be, no. Yeah, yeah that'd be ready. terrible. <clears throat> no. <laughs> um, what about Mosaic? Uh, Miniseries. Like, if, if you got, like, HBO or Showtime to yeah, do, a, yeah. like, a live-action miniseries of it, sure. But, like... I mean, you know, I found out some like some guy wrote in to the letters page of one of the last issues and then said like he loved the book so much he adapted issue one into like a one man stage play. Oh lord! So I want I want to see that more what than if, I want to see. What if they took like the animatrix kind of uh, approach to it and give like a different part of their story to like different creative teams and you get all kind of different kinds of animated features or cgi or whatever just different everything for each chapter that'd be awesome that'd be great you could do weird stuff like devote us devote like a five minute story to that weird green lantern that's like made out of math or something <laughs> well I, the reason i asked this is just to come is because i found when i was looking for topics we could discuss tonight I found a uh, an article over at comicbookmovie.com, the six DC stories that need the animated treatment. Number six was Kingdom Come. Number five was Batman Nightfall. Number four, Superman Earth One. Number three, the recent brightest day, Flash, the death of the dastardly rogues. <laughs> what? Number two, Aquaman, the trench. And uh, number one, Batman the Long Halloween. I'm actually surprised we haven't gotten um, Kingdom Come yet. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Flash one seems very, very random. Yeah. Let's um, see what it says. <clears throat> Although I we did... need a Flash animated film. He has never had one for himself and has only been featured in other DC films. I think this is great animation... Uh, something about crime, drama, and fun Silver Age madness. I do like I did read that story arc he's talking about, and I did enjoy it for the most part. And I absolutely agree there should be a Flash uh, cartoon movie. Mm. I just don't know, like, <clears throat> like I, something I heard just recently is there. It's at least rumored that Flashpoint might be adapted into one of these. Yes, God. Which you know what? I'll watch because I just I want a Flash one, and I. I think they. I think it might actually be a case where they could do something. They could make it better in the the animation than they did in the comic. And not only not only that, but that would be the perfect transition to move them over to these new uniforms and phase out the old, you know, underwear and outside look. That is true. Didn't even think about that. Someone in the comments uh, said "hush" would make a good one. Oh, I hate that story. <laughs> I've never. I've never read it. Uh, other great stories for the DC animated universe: uh, Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, Superman, Red Sun. That, yeah. that was planned for one. Yeah, it they was. they canceled that. Yeah, not enough interest. Red Sun. They said Superman. Oh, yeah, Red Sun. Mm-hmm. Wonder if they do a better job with that story than you guys did. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of other. I feel like we're missing some Green Lantern story that would be perfect. Green Lantern versus aliens. Oh. <laughs> Maybe they could do it right this time. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you kind of got, you know, you didn't really get Secret Origins, but you know, between the movie and the first cartoon, you got enough of Green Lantern's origin to not really require mm. that again. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Sinestro Core War, you know, is is kind of like the. That's kind of the gimmick. Yeah. I can't wait to get my Absolute Edition of that as well. I mean, everybody knows who Green Lantern is. Everybody knows who Sinestro is now. You know, and they've, so... even, they've even like introduced the concept of the yellow fear energy in every media platform they could. Right. <clears throat> I mean, hell, do Sins of the Star Sapphires, you know? We loved that story arc. It's got characters they haven't used yet. Like, just... Go nuts. What 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 would you put Guy the center of? What story would you put Guy as the main character in? A Justice League International one. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's just... I mean, I've never read any JLI stuff, and uh, that's the first <laughs> thing that popped into my head. The Bride of Stacy was really good, but the direction for the recent one, I just kind of lost me. You know, if they wanted to do a Guy Gardner one... And they wanted to really take advantage of the direct-to-DVD format, where they don't have to worry that much about content. Collateral then... damage? <clears throat> no. <laughs> you do no. not speak its name. Hey, My I'm re- God. I'm recording this. I could hang up on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking of um, of um, Dark Sides of the Green. I think that's what it was called, oh, the darker, yes. darker shades of green. Oh, where it's a, yes, yes. It's it's guy Rami Hall and that changeling corpse. dude. Yeah, and like the the yes. Green Lantern corpse. It's the Black Ops thing. It's really brutal and it's all like, <clears throat> it's a really good story. <laughs> There's nowhere else they could possibly use it <laughs> other than a direct to DVD movie. <laughs> that would be so. That would be great. That's still one of my all time favorite. Green Lantern core stories. Yes, it it needed to be drawn by Patrick Gleason. Like all the stuff that goes on in there, like that opening, the the Dominators page at the like that opens that whole thing with them in the shadows, and it's like it's so creepy. Ugh. You know, it'd be cool to see a true. I mean, at, we just because we've been talking about the character to death, um, a traditional Alan Scott story. Maybe him going up against Grundy. Something would, like that. That would be cool. Hey, if they could, like... I don't think he's ever drawn this, but if they could, like, do it kind of in a Darwin Cook kind of style, too. <laughs> kind of play up, like, the age of it. Or, like, the, the time period. Like probably, the Frontier? Uh, yeah, that, kind would, of. Would that really pop with today's <laughs> audience, though? Would that really... You know? uh, yeah, probably not. Although these are super niche, you know? Oh, I don't know. Probably right. Maybe it can be new 52 Alan Scott teaming up with old Alan Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that story that happened that one time. 
I feel like Emerald Twilight slash Zero Hour would be the most successful out of all of them. <laughs> I'd buy it. Yeah. Hmm. What about the Else Worlds? Do you think any of those would make a good? I mean, besides, you know, in Darkest Night. Well, with In Darkest Night, it's like that's one that we would love, but the fact of the matter mm-hmm. is they just came out with Batman Year One. Right. So I mean, <laughs> it's like, hey, you know that cartoon that we sold you? We're gonna we're gonna keep the same <laughs> the same intro. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna give you an alternate ending. <laughs> that's the only problem with the Else Worlds. You know, if they ever want to do the main stories, it's like reselling mm. it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to see, I'm like, so... Go ahead, Gorn. a Boudica or something, one of the other lanterns, but I guess that would fall under the Emerald Knight's kind of line. Oh, they could adapt the entire Alpha Lantern's history. <laughs> Or, you know, like when she faced off against Lobo. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still waiting on my DC animated Crisis on Infinite Earth. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know how epic that would be? <laughs> <laughs> it would require seven hours worth of animation. I do not give a shit. I'll, I'll invest in it. <laughs> you, you just want to see him kill Superboy again. Actually... Yeah. That would be a cool miniseries. Oh, yes. It would. Hmm. You know what, actually, you know, uh, again, grand sweeping storyline, but there was a lot of the Green Lantern focus in it, uh, Legion of Three Worlds. Oh, God. I mean, I enjoyed that a lot. I don't know if I would want to watch that as a cartoon. <laughs> it took long enough to, to, to make it out. I mean, just because, like, it, that entire storyline is nothing but payoff from, like, so many other stories. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. I don't know, like, how recognizable it would be after you changed it enough to work as its own short movie. <laughs> that was a great story, though. I'm not a big Legion fan. <clears throat> hmm. I'm just I'm just starting to consider buying like hardcover. I was telling uh, Dan this the other night. Uh, I was told that the Great Darkness Saga, mm-hmm. or something like that, is like one of the top Legion stories of all time. Yeah, I've heard the so same I'm, thing. And I was thinking about buying that hardcover, checking that out. Well, you know they're uh, bringing back the Teen Titans uh, cartoon, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be something interesting. I think my son is going <laughs> to like it more than I, but, you know, Raven and the rest of them. Yeah, because they had, um, the DC Nation block has had, like, these super deformed chibi shorts of that. Like, it's the same animation style, same voice actors, and it's in continuity with the, with the old show. The only difference is, like, they're little bobblehead people for no reason. And I guess those got popular enough that they're getting an, another full season of half-hour episodes. But Are they're they going to keep 
keep the bobblehead style, or are they actually going to go back to the other animation? Kind of in between from the picture I saw, where, like, they're... Uh, let's let's say let's say they went from looking like the pop vinyl heroes to looking like mighty mugs kind of <laughs> but like it's it's gonna still focus a little more on humor than action because frankly if you want a teen titans serious action show they've got young justice oh it's yes fa- it's fantastic everyone who doesn't watch that should feel bad about themselves um but yeah no i'm i'll definitely like i'll check this out when it comes back because i really i enjoyed Teen Titans Go or just Teen Titans whichever it was called. I think one was the comic. But when that was on, that was really good. I don't have cable. (laughs) (laughs) I watched what I got. Alright, so this sounds like it ran out of gas. So... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so we, we talked a bit about the, uh, the animated movies. Let me pose a question to you guys. What do you think their next move should be for the live action movie side of things? Because now that we're in a post Avengers world, which by the way, Corwin, how well is Avengers doing that right now? It's it's what number all of, of all time? Number three. Number three. They beat Batman, which I guess isn't that fair since there's a group of them and batman's by himself but whatever <laughs> i guess batman doesn't always win <laughs> well you know, he's a bad man we'll, yeah but we'll they find have that out in another in another two months or so we'll find that one out that's true uh, there could be two batman films in the top 10 that's awesome um but uh you know warner brothers has been very just kind of quietly without any fanfare kind of making like little statements here and there like they're officially looking at a wonder woman movie again they're officially looking at justice league movie again and i saw an article a week or so ago talking about them like kind of just tossing stuff at the wall for the future of green lantern Uh, because the first movie it cost 200 million to make and it made 220 million total which is not very good. <clears throat> and but now like they they're just kind of trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with their superhero properties. And uh, the quote I got from uh, I think it was the president of Warner what somebody there said uh, to go forward we need to make it a little edgier and darker with more emphasis on action and we have to find a way to balance the time the movie spends in space versus earth. So I guess just for starters, what do you think of that? Duh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I guess the real question I wanted to get to is what do we think the future of a live action Green Lantern should be? Should they do a sequel to the Ryan Reynolds movie? Should they reboot it? No, definitely they don't do? reboot it. I, I, I think right now, since the first movie didn't perform so well, they're all kind of iffy on things, but I think largely they should hinge on what they're going to do with Justice League. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the biggest the biggest fact is for everybody who's not reading comics everybody who grew up with the Justice League cartoon everybody knows John Stewart to most people John Stewart is the green lantern so they should just go ahead and do a second movie with maybe 
just make some reference of how being off in space doing something in the Guardians needs somebody on Earth, boom, John Stewart. They can use him in the second movie. They can use him in Justice League. And if they want to bring Hal back later on, they can. Yes. Now what? Now what would you guys? I guess all of us. Like, what about that? What about the idea of instead of a Green Lantern sequel, we use the Justice League movie to kind of, we'll say, redeem Green Lantern to the larger movie-going audience. They would have to come with the correct story to really boost it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. You mean, wait, what? What are you getting at? Well, I, I am, I'm just saying. All right, because I, I came up with a comparison the other day, and I can't imagine I'm the first one to do it. But, but okay, because ever since the first movie came out, everybody's been thinking about, oh, what what would they do with a with like future Green Lantern cinema? You know, would they? Will they keep Hal Jordan? Will they keep Ryan Reynolds? Will they reboot? Will they do this, that, this, that? And <clears throat> I think Green Lantern should take cues from the Hulk. Because, alright, what happened? We got that first Hulk movie. It was, you know, it was an okay movie. It had some good stuff in it. Didn't perform very well, and nobody generally has much good to say about it. Then what did they do? <clears throat> Marvel Studios got a hold of it. They made a second Hulk movie a few years later. Tremendously better movie. I really like that Incredible Hulk movie. You should see it. It's I, Frankly, it's a shame it doesn't get lumped together with the rest of the Marvel Studios films that much. Sure. But it was close enough to that first Hulk movie that you know people still had a bad taste in their mouths regarding the Hulk, so it didn't perform that well. Then the Hulk shows up in Avengers. And going into Avengers, I don't know anybody who was going there excited to see the Hulk. It was more like, oh, the Avengers movie. I liked these other movies. I want to see this. And, oh, okay, I guess the Hulk is in this. Then the Hulk, then the movie comes out. And the Hulk is, like, it's everybody's favorite thing in that movie. I don't know anybody who doesn't walk out of that theater going, oh, man, that part where he hit Loki on the floor, that was amazing. I feel like if they do a Green Lantern sequel that's just a Green Lantern movie, even if it is worlds and worlds better, it's still going to suffer because of the first movie, especially if it's only like a couple years or three or four years or five years away. So skip that step. Wait for your Justice League movie to come out. Have Green Lantern be in the Justice League movie so that like people who don't give a shit about Green Lantern will still go see the Justice League movie because, hey, they like Batman, and hopefully Man of Steel will reignite some interest in Superman movies. And then they'll see Green Lantern being awesome, hopefully, in the Justice League movie, which will kind of re-spark people's love, or it'll basically give Green Lantern a new second chance, or a new first impression. You know... My thought with that is I don't think people had much of a problem with Ryan Reynolds being Green Lantern. Um, You know, like, I I think now, you know, because of that movie, a lot of people are going to be associating him with Green Lantern. So if you're going to make a Justice League movie, 
then you know a lot of people are going to expect to see him in it if it, if there is a Green Lantern. Now, Corwin has a very good point though in that John Stewart, you know, would would fit very well with a Justice League movie. And if you if you are going to do if you're going to go from the first Green Lantern movie to the Justice League movie, and you know after introducing everybody to you know the white Hal Jordan, and now all of a sudden there's the black John Stewart, then I mean okay, a lot of people know from the cartoon, but you know by and large now that you've introduced the movie, a lot of people are going to be like, well wait, what happened? Whereas if you did have another Green Lantern movie. You could address the whole, you know, Hal Jordan versus Sinestro thing. And then you can also, you know, bump up Jon Stewart to a Green Lantern so that now all of a sudden people know who he is. And, you know, and he can go off into the Justice League movie. I think I think you can redeem the Green Lantern movie with a, with a sequel. Well, yeah, but will people go to see it? Because, <clears throat> I mean, let's... Let's not mess words here. The 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 reputation the Green Lantern movie has is that it's shit, and it it does just like with with Incredible Hulk versus Hulk. I don't like the fact like we will go see it. Comic fans by and large will go see a second Green Lantern movie. Your average moviegoer is going to look at that and say, "Oh, I saw the first one. That's garbage. I'm going to skip this." Yeah, but wasn't there a sequel that came out recently that blew away the first one? If you say Ghost Rider, I'm going to punch you in the face. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm talking about legitimately. Like, there was an original movie that did okay, and then they just went all out for the sequel, and it, like, exploded. Uh... I can't remember what it was. Oh, but I thought I you were know... being coy. <laughs> no, no, I like... And I mean, not for nothing, but it, it has happened. Look at look at Terminator. Aliens. Know? Yeah, Terminator Two is my favorite movie. I don't even remember what the hell happened in Terminator One. Yeah, well, well, yeah the, like, the second one was huge. And well, I yeah, mean, but, like, but everybody liked the first installments of those movies. No, the first Terminator was okay. It didn't. It it would, did not do gangbusters. The second one. Like, they brought in James Cameron to do all these, like, amazing special effects, and it also had a really cool story. It blew the first one away. Like, you can do, like, they know what they have to do. And, not for nothing, they have all of these characters already set up digitally. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the, the, the amount of production, you know, that would go into creating the world... It's already been done for them. All right, so, so to create a second movie, it would be so much, you know, simpler. And, so maybe, and, but also, Dan, you got to consider word of mouth because if something catches on, if the second movie, you know, some people may be reluctant, but once they hear the general consensus of how great the second one is, I think more and more people would pile to see a sequel. Yeah. Also, yeah. if you have it so that it is like. Uh, what do you call it, the jumping off point for the Justice League? Like, if they, you know, decide, you know what, we're going to start, you know, we're, we're really going to, you know, pump up this Justice League. Even if they do a Superman movie, and at the end of the Superman movie, 
like you tie in some stuff to the Justice League movie, and then you do a Green Lantern movie, and you tie it in even more, people are going to go for the keys to the next, you know, the, the big Justice League movie, and the next movie in the line. Even if you, like, you did Superman, then Wonder Woman, you know, and they each have their Justice League parts, and everybody's going to see Green Lantern because, okay, they hear that this Green Lantern movie is much better than the first one, and also at the end, there's like this key pivotal part that kicks off the Justice League movie. I mean, like, you could easily get people in the theater for that. I mean, like, I want to see a Green Lantern sequel. I think the time, I think the timing for it should be after the Justice League movie. Like, I... Uh... And they need one to two writers instead of seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they need... They don't need a committee. They need... To, uh, they need to learn from Marvel. Not swipe from Marvel, but learn from Marvel. Did y'all Just... read the uh, From Script to Screen <laughs> Green Lantern book? No, I still haven't gotten that. It would have been a much better movie if they would have just stuck with the original plan. <laughs> I mean, just just in terms of like this, in terms of like the mainstream DC heroes that they've been making movies out of, Green Lantern is their weakest link right now, and that's not saying a whole lot since they've only made like three. But <clears throat> but when you just barely make back your budget, I think that's a sign that you should be a little more... Like, you shouldn't just jump all, like, headfirst into the deep end right away again. You should, like, dial it back and, like, place it smartly, you know? Well, the number that you you called out was what they made from box office. That doesn't take into account all the merchandising and DVD sales. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to mention there was the, the ice tea promotion and I think, uh, and the other thing is they've had the cartoon now. So the cartoon is reaching people also. Hmm. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree about this one. I think, look. I would be ecstatic if they announced tomorrow Green Lantern 2 and they said it's going to come out in like 2014 or something so I'll have some a good lead time and you know they can have Brian Reynolds they can have the whole cast back they can do Sinestro stuff it'll be fantastic. I will not walk out of that theater expecting very high box office. Well I mean the other thing is for the whole Justice League movie concept. <clears throat> I mean, you know Obviously, the whole point of them saying, oh, yeah, now we're considering a Wonder Woman movie, and now we're considering doing this, and you know, we really want to go, you know, push ahead with a Justice League movie. I mean, they've been talking about doing a Justice League movie for, I, I don't I don't even remember how many years. They, they started it before the strike. Yeah, they almost, they were, they were at the point where they were going to start making costumes. Like, it was cast and everything. Yeah, yeah I mean... It's it's been it's been in the works for so long. It's just like okay, well, obviously, you know, now you're seeing how the Avengers is is making so much money, and you want to get in a piece of that, you know, with your your Justice League property. You know, the problem is 
they have their heads so far up their asses with this this kind of stuff. It's like it's almost like Batman turns out amazing despite <laughs> Warner Brothers, you know, interactions yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, well, you you can't downplay. I mean, look, you cannot downplay Avengers in this equation because Avengers is quite literally a game changer. Because yeah. <clears throat> the because po- <clears throat> mm, excuse me. <clears throat> some water uh okay um warner brothers like the reason we don't get more warner brothers more dc movies that are like these amazing caliber of films because or even at all is because warner brothers makes every kind of movie they they could never make another dc based movie ever again and be completely fine the fact that that's why they've only kind of half-heartedly gone after any of these other properties that weren't their biggest names like Superman and Batman. So the fact that Avengers happened and hey look is the highest grossing or the third highest grossing movie of all time which even beat Dark Knight. Like you think they're not going to look at that and say hey we kind of have that too and not want to make a Justice League movie now like I would be incredibly surprised if they don't go forward with a Justice League movie for real for reals this time. Well, I mean, they ever since the Harry Potter films finished, you know, they you know they've been on record saying that they've wanted to you know find the next movie that's going to be like their you know regular you know cash cow kind of thing. Um, I think they were banking on Green Lantern as a possibility too. Yeah, they were. They were. But, I mean, you know, like... Then they ruined it, because they didn't really give a shit. Because they didn't need to. Like, that's the thing. Marvel Studios makes the best Marvel movies they can, because that's the only thing they do. So if they don't do it really great, they are absolutely screwed. Warner Brothers has no such motivation. There's so many people. There's so many people with their hands on. Yeah, well, if, if Warner Brothers makes shitty superhero movies, okay, they make... Every other kind of movie, so who cares? They can just make those instead. You know, and, and to Marvel's credit, they're bringing in the Avengers cartoon in-house now, too. They're ending Earth's Mightiest Heroes and actually relaunching a new Avengers cartoon. Now, wasn't it all already made by Disney, though? Or Well, this, this new one is going to be more Marvel <laughs> having more power than whatever studio did the other one. I'm not sure what the other studio was, but this one is in-house, all Marvel, like oh. Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> Although the story, from what I hear, is not going to be anything like Ultimate Spider-Man. It's actually going to be geared towards kids and adults. Good. Yeah, nothing wrong with kids having a cartoon to watch. Well, they've been getting a lot of complaints about the Spider-Man cartoon. Well, yeah, because 40-year-old guys are watching it and going, Oh, this isn't for me, it's shit. Yeah, well, the problem is there aren't enough kids that want to watch it. They kind of have to bank on the fact that kids <laughs> and adults want to watch their property. Well, I mean, in all honesty, if you, if you aim it towards the teens, the the younger kids will fall in line eventually, because they want to they want to like what the bigger <laughs> kids like. Yeah. And at the same time, aren't they airing it on the Disney Channel? Like it's it's one of like the you know Disney Zoom box hub whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like some sort of special. Like you have a you have a Spider-Man cartoon aimed at a younger audience on Disney. Like I don't see any problem with that. Well, the ratings are abysmal. 
All right. Oh, I heard the ratings like doubled. Really? Jeff Loeb was just saying, well, he, he's oh. more studios anyway, but yeah. from what I'm hearing, it's doubled since they began. From I, I was actually I was just reading an article about like uh, there's like an insider at Marvel who was uh, talking to this um, you know movie news and whatnot, um, and they were going on about how like Marvel, you know, they've been getting all the feedback on how people really just do not like the uh, you know the Ultimate Spider-Man. They say it's you know too you know childlike and you know. Marvel, they realize this now, and the problem, like, the biggest problem is that they already put in the order for the second season before the first season even aired. So they were, they had already committed to it before being able to, you know, say no. Um, well, that wasn't smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, you figure, you got Spider-Man, how could you go wrong with Spider-Man? <laughs> Apparently, I mean- the there's a couple of episodes that are written by uh, Bendis, and those are like the the good episodes. Um, but between now and you know the end of the year, um, if the quality of Spider-Man doesn't you know vastly improve, then Marvel is going to pull the plug on that and relaunch another Spider-Man cartoon you know aimed at you know a broader base. The other thing is there's going to be a Hulk cartoon coming. Cole, I think Hulk smash. Yeah. And the Hulk they, core. <laughs> yeah. They uh, <laughs> they realized too late, like that's being done the exact same way as Spider Man. Oh. So that's probably also gonna suck. But with that one, at least they they realized their mistake before ordering more than twelve episodes. Mm-hmm. So you know, I if, gotta, if I gotta see these ratings. <clears throat> the whole thing just, to me, just reminds me of the whole, like, people hating on Batman Brave and the Bold. When they're like, well, that's not Batman. Batman's dark and he's serious and he's like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's it's not, like, it doesn't, it's not for you, okay? <laughs> yeah, but the difference is Batman Brave and the Bold had the ratings and it was actually on one of the mainstream cartoon networks. Alright, so maybe... The extended cable. Alright, so maybe if Ultimate Spider-Man was on a mainstream network too, this wouldn't be a problem. That's a possibility, but as it is right now, it's supposedly not getting the ratings. And Jeff Loeb had to basically go on record and say how well they were doing to... You know, it's kind of like the thing where if he says, oh, yeah, you know, everything's going great, everybody should come watch it, then you think, oh, well, if everybody else likes it, maybe I'll check it out. So he had to say that. And then they were also saying how at San Diego Comic-Con, they're going to have, um, I think they're going to have an episode of Spider-Man and an episode of Hulk. And if the the Hulk's not ready yet, then they're just going to have like a five-minute clip of it or whatever. And they're going to be taking questions from the audience, but they're going to also have, like, people that are plants to basically, you know, say how much they love the show and, you know, ask a question that's, like, really kind of forgiving. Whatever. And you're, again, where are you getting this again? This is apparently a Marvel insider telling a a Marvel news blog. Is is his name Reli Abel, or what what is his name? (laughs) 
Well, no, they they cover up his name, so he's uh, fired. I know, I'm I know, I'm basically implying that anybody can say that and be full of shit. Okay. I don't I don't know why he would. See, now anyway. I want to track down some official ratings. I want to know where we can go online and see something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, like, I I actually caught like five minutes of Ultimate Spider-Man, and I thought it was pretty much crap, and <laughs> turned it off and stopped watching. Um, the Avengers cartoon was pretty good, though. The 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 animation isn't that great. The story's good. I'm liking yeah, the story, yeah. but the animation isn't that great. It's a little bit lacking to me. Yeah. But, uh... How do we start talking about Ultimate Spider-Man? <laughs> How did Got we the not start talking about it? <laughs> God. Yes. Yeah, so back to DC. Yeah. One like one other thing Corwin brought up that I wanted to touch on too. They do do a, a Justice League movie, whether or not there's a Green Lantern sequel before it, after it, during it, under it, whatever. Who should be the Green Lantern? I don't care about actors. You should it be Hal Jordan. Should it be John Stewart. Someone else. What should they do? looking for comic relief i guess they'd use guy but i think <laughs> hal or john would probably be more of the uh front runners yeah i would say oh i mean you could definitely get the comic relief out of hal um especially with ryan reynolds but that's true what do you say chad uh, i'd say hal hmm. i think hal i mean i i, I agree with that the possibility for John Stewart exists, but I don't know, at least in the movie, uh, in the movie aspect, how that would actually work. Um, I mean, I it could be just I, I I just can't think of it at the moment. But I think Hal is is Hal is Hal brings something that uh, a dynamic that for the most part the other characters don't supply and by other characters i mean now the green lantern possibilities the hal jordan barry allen aspect which could be fun on screen um at least i think it could be a lot of fun on screen so there's that yeah that yeah. would be cool yeah well it would probably be hal i don't want it to be it's like i'm enjoying justice league right now but as much as I am, I can't look at Hal on that team without thinking that's John's spot. Uh, that being said, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn between two that I think would work for the movie. Like I agree, it should it you know with John Stewart, you've still got like more than one generation of people out there that associate Green Lantern and the Justice League with John Stewart, so. You know, it would be an easy fit, and I think it would be, it, like, you've already established in the first Green Lantern movie the concept of billions of Green Lanterns. So having another one show up and give, you could give him, like, almost like a throwaway line or two of dialogue about why he's there instead of Hal, being like, yeah, like, I'm Hal's, I'm Hal's sector partner, he's off in space with the core or something, so I showed up, whatever. It, it would take, like, 10 seconds to explain Jon Stewart's presence as opposed to Hal Jordan's. 
you could play up like the military angle. He could be like the that guy on the team or whatever. The other option I would go with is Kyle Rayner. Because, you know, it with a team like this, like you're gonna have like your Justice League team. They may or may not get to introduce these characters in advance, other than you know everybody knows who Batman, Superman are. And Kyle, like, what, what, what's the reason we all love Kyle? Is because he is this really relatable everyman character, which I think would be an incredible strength when you have to introduce him and all these other characters to a movie audience for the first time. And I would just, com- I would completely do away with his comic book origin and just say he's a, like just another member of the core, but. I don't know. I think that would work. It kind of dissolves, you know, something of his, you know, everyman aspect, though. I mean, like, <laughs> from, from what, what you're saying, the the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern had quite a bit of the everyman in him as well. Well, how about this? How about this? Because I just thought of this. What if the movie op- What if the movie opens? Like, the first scene or whatever is Kyle Rayner walking out of the bar or wherever he is. Ring lands in his lap. He becomes Green Lantern. Some circumstance happens. He joins up with the Justice League. The movie's from his point of view. He's the everyman walking us through. He's the vehicle by which we are introduced to all of the various teammates and everything that goes on. And... I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can make a Justice League movie and do it through the eyes of Green Lantern. I don't think anybody's going to buy that. They do do group, team, ensemble movies all the time that has one super relatable character. Like, we're not going to be, like, seeing through their eyes literally. We're not going to be following them over their shoulder all the time. Like, you just need that one character that represents the audience. That throughout the movie you can identify with more than the others. But whether... Even if that's something that I really wanted. Which, I mean... That would be closer to something that I would want for Kyle Rayner in the movie. But, like, the the people at Warner Brothers, they would never allow, allow that. They would never allow the, you know, the point of view to come from... Green Lantern. It would, it's either going to come from Batman, or it's going to come from Superman. Look, the thing you guys it's most likely going to be Batman. The thing you guys aren't taking into consideration yet about Justice League's possibility as a live-action movie is Man of Steel. The, everything for the Justice League movie, at least right now, the possibilities rest with Man of Steel. That's how true. that movie. How that movie does, and and what it does to set up. Any, any future Justice League stories, whether it references Gotham City and Coast City or the appearance of Green Lantern and blah, blah, blah. Whatever happens in that movie to set up a cohesive universe, that's where this, the future of Justice League <clears throat> lies. And not for nothing, but if you're going to start a cohesive movie-verse within the DCU, who better to start it with than Superman? Or Batman. Well, it, but it, Superman's no, no, coming... No, no, it's, it's yes, and it's too late for Batman to be do- doing it because uh, look, as as much as 
I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and wish they wouldn't end. They're ending with Dark Knight Rises. And he is not inserting any crap that is going to say set up a cohesive movie verse. And a rebooted Batman isn't going to happen within... I'm, I'm going to go on record as saying we're not going to get a rebooted mm. Batman movie within at least two to three years of the end of Dark Knight Rises. Not well, going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that just based on logistics alone. Yeah. But, uh, but, but like I said, what better to start with than Superman? And if if it if it happens so happens that they scripted and and uh, directed and everything the the Man of Steel movie with the thought in mind that they were going to set up a cohesive movie verse, that'd be great. However, if they didn't set it up that way, but then try to do it afterwards by changing you know refilming a scene here or there, changing this, changing that because Avengers was so successful. And they wanted to use what I'm saying and say that in their minds, yes, we got to start with a Superman movie. The idea of a Justice League movie could ruin this next Superman movie. <laughs> so it, it really all rides on what happens or doesn't happen in Superman. After Superman comes out, then the great debate will officially begin. But until this DC property that is currently in the works that we know... <clears throat> or that we don't actually know whether or not it it ties into something that may happen with DC down the line. Until that comes out, we have no idea. When does Superman come out? Uh, next year. Yeah, it's it's not summer. It's like spring. I think. Yeah. So they could definitely. <clears throat> they could definitely. If if they don't have anything planned, they can definitely create something to, like, you know, tie the end of it into, like, the, you know, possibilities of a Justice League movie, they could absolutely do that, and it would not impact the movie, you know, that negatively. You don't depends know on how Depends on how they do it. If Okay, if you have the, the movie end, and Superman flies off into the distance, and then you said, oh, you know what, we want to set something up for the Justice League movie. You know, and all of a sudden, now all of a sudden there's a scene after the credits where, you know, while Superman's flying away, you know, you see Batman, you know, standing on the top of a rooftop talking into a microphone and saying, it's like, yeah, I think I am going to need his help. You know, something like that, like as something as simple as that. And then it just closes. That obviously is not going to ruin the Superman movie. And everybody's going to be like, oh, shit, did, did Batman just show up at the end of Superman? You know, maybe that there is going to be a Justice League movie. Yeah, I could see that. That that would allow them them to kind of have their cake and eat it too. You know, that way, like the entire Superman movie could be a standalone Superman story that still has that that little its little Nick Fury moment, if you will, at the very end, disconnected from the rest of the movie. Well, well you, you, I I read all the news about uh, Man of Steel, and supposedly there is some some sort of uh, universe building going on in there. I can't remember what off the top of my head, but I read it when that you know when I was reading, you know who the villain in the story is going to be and all that stuff. So, you know, like the 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 Nolan Batman's, like between that and even um, even though 
where you had with Green Lantern, like a million hands in the production, making sure that, you know, everybody wanting to tweak it just a little bit here or there and everywhere until the point where it's just like a watered down movie. Um, you know, the, the same token is it's like they are not forcing these directors to, you know, make these movies mm-hmm. world builders. You know, and I mean, like, for something as simple as, like, I, I remember there was talk that, you know, um, Hal Jordan was going to either run into a reporter, you know, who looked exactly like Superman, or, um, you know, he was going to be reading the, the Daily Planet, or there was going to be a news broadcast where somebody said something about, you know, Clark Kent or Superman or whatever. Like, anything like that, however, like, minuscule, would have built towards the mythos of, you know, the whole DC universe. And they, none of them do it. None of them do it because it's like they want, they want their superhero movie to be like their own completely standalone thing. It doesn't touch anything else and no other superheroes exist in that particular universe. And yeah, okay. The Batman movies are great, but I mean like, you know, you know, it's like Nolan thinks that, you know, his Batman is above everything else. No. And no, he does. He absolutely does. Why? He absolutely Why? does. Why? He Why? thinks that his Batman movies are too good to have like a piece of like world building stuff in it. And that's why he's stopping at three. He's like got his grand masterpiece trilogy and now he's going to walk away and, you know, it'll be that that's it. Like that's his, you know, concise little Batman package that stands on its own so that it doesn't tie into anything else and nothing else can bring it down. The, Why? the only th- go ahead, Dan. No, you go, you go, you go. Uh, I was going to say the only thing I can, I can kind of relate to that is the fact that Nolan's Batman is actually like real world. It's kind of grounded, very much grounded in real world. So I can, I can see him not wanting to add any of the, Superman or the fantasy and a bigger fantasy element into his trilogy. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to sit here and be mad at Christopher Nolan for making the movies he made instead of making the movies that you want to see turn into the DC universe on film, the, the, I, there's no answer other than don't watch his movies. It's no, like he's, it's, he's making. No, that's not what I'm saying. And I preface it by saying that his movies are great. The movies are great. Yeah, but you're talking what? about like you're you're no you you flat out said that you that Christopher Nolan puts him puts himself and his work on some pedestal above the potential that a connected movie universe could have, and that's the only explanation for him not including little references to the rest of the DC universe. I, like I can't think of a reason besides the fact that he the just fact. wants his movie. I can't think of anything other than the idea that, you know, he just wants his movie to be something separate. Like, otherwise, why wouldn't you reference the fact that you have an entire other universe that you're playing with? You know, like, it could be something so minor. Like, he doesn't even put in, like, tiny little, you know, like, Easter eggs that point to the fact that there's a universe beyond the Batman books. So... I mean, look, I'm, I've been reading, I know you're not ca- caught up on it, and we won't spoil anything. I've been reading 
uh, Snyder's Batman since it relaunched. The whole Court Court of Owls thing, it's fantastic. At the same time, that story is an island, right? It is a Batman story that's just a Batman story. It has absolutely nothing to do with the larger DC universe. And frankly, like, there was an issue of Justice League, the Green Arrow issue, where they had, like, a two-page scene where the League... Like, there was a a group of assassins from the Court of Owls that the League intercepted and took out, like, with a snap of a finger. Because that's the only thing that makes sense if you put some regular people against the Justice League. And I, honest to God, wish that scene wasn't there. Because it kind of diminished the impact of the enemies in the Court of Owls a little bit. Because that story by itself is a fantastic Batman story that when you introduce Batman's super-powered buddies into it, it takes away almost all of the drama and all of the danger of the story that Snyder wanted to tell, which is a very street-level grounded Batman and Gotham City story. Which is That's the same thing that Nolan is doing. He wanted to do... He wanted to do a Batman story. He wanted to do a crime story. That's like I would have loved to see like some scene where the shit's hitting the fan and Batman picks up the phone, calls the Flash, and has him come in and like help corral the bad guys or something. But you know, because Batman doesn't (laughs) do that in the comics. Batman takes care of his own crap in the comics. I'm not saying that Nolan should have had Superman fly in. And, you know, taking care of all the problems. That's, that's clearly not what I'm saying. 100% not what I'm saying. But, like, would it have killed them to have, you know, Bruce Wayne meet Diana Prince at a fundraiser? And that would be it. You know, or, you know, be interviewed by Clark Kent. I mean, like, it's, it's this tiny, you know, infinitesimal thing that would world build... And, you know, and DC's not pushing for it because they want, you know, they just want to make Nolan happy so that he keeps making movies that make, you know, more money than anything else except for Avengers. Why you world know? build when you know you're not going to go anywhere with it? Like well, this, this version of Batman after this movie is over will never, ever be seen again. So it, why it, world build now? In all honesty, though, even I, I would say I would probably see where, where Jim is coming from if they already had, like, the role of Superman cast. You know, if they already had the actors who were going to play those characters. As of right now, I don't think they have anything near that. Well, they, they do have Superman from Man of oh, Steel. Oh, Man of Steel, that's true. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, even if you had his face in silhouette, you know, or even if you didn't even use the same actor, you know, because if it's just, like, a quick cameo... <laughs> You know, then it's not it's not a huge big deal. But I mean, just like you know, the fact of the matter is, Batman is part of a larger universe. And okay, so maybe this Batman will never be seen again. Or maybe you know, what was his face? Uh, um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale has he's 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 mentioned that you know this might not be the the last Batman for him. You know, he's gone on record as saying. So, I mean, like, so perhaps this Batman isn't done. 
you know, and you know, my 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 point of the matter is, is that if you have a company with thousands of characters, and you know you're looking to replace Harry Potter, you know the Harry Potter series, and you're also look now you're looking to replace the Batman series because Nolan's no longer going to make them, you know you you need options. Now they may make make movies, you know about everything, but they only had a few mega blockbusters. And Batman and Harry Potter are mega blockbusters. And they're looking to replace their mega blockbusters. And, you know, hopefully for them, you know, they, they wanted Green Lantern to be one, and it fizzled. Because they had too many hands in the pot, and now you have Superman, mm. and maybe Superman will do it for them. And now they want to do a Justice League. You know, and what would have helped is setting, you know, setting the path. It worked for Marvel. Marvel's been doing it for years. They've been setting things up, you know. And and DC, they're just looking at it with you know their thumbs up their ass. Like it's like, oh look at that. Look what they're doing there. Yeah, now look what they should we be doing that? It's like no, but let's have seventeen people rework the script. Yeah, yeah. They and they should absolutely start. But there's nothing wrong with starting post Nolan's Batman because back when they were when they were making all those Nolan Batman movies. They didn't need a, to plan a replacement for Harry Potter because that was still going strong for God knows how many more movies. And not for nothing, but before Avengers happened, again, they had no freaking idea a superhero team movie could ever make that kind of bank. Now that they've seen it, they're like, oh shit, maybe we, we should definitely do this now. So, okay, they're using the Nolan films as a break, like a break-off point, and now they're going to start. Guys, I, I found the uh, article I was referencing earlier uh, out in June. Uh, this place has, you know, a, a source at uh, that, you know, the DC movie verse. Our source tells us that the major developments are underway at DC Entertainment and the Man of Steel will spearhead it all. The Man of Steel will be chapter number one of a shared universe. It will all bend around that film. In chronological terms, The Man of Steel is the first, with the possible Lobo movie looking to be the second, followed oh, by a God. Justice League movie. So, in this, this isn't the only site that said it. It's just one of the ones that said it kind of directly. That Man of Steel is the first in the line of a shared DC universe in the movies. Followed by Lobo. It might be Jim's by- Marvel guy. <laughs> Followed by a possible Lobo, because Lobo is one of the movies they are kicking around as a possibility. As long as Superman gets to punch somebody with all his might this time. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, you know who the villain is, right? Is it it Lex Luthor with a land scheme? No, it's Zod. Yeah, I don't think Lex is even in the movie, which is fantastic. Not confirmed. Does Zod want to sell Superman some real estate? Better. If if Superman doesn't punch Zod with all his might, and I don't hear Neil before Zod somewhere in that movie, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> like the trailer had better be something like Superman like breaking the moon in half and throwing it into the sun or something. <laughs> oh, and, and the movie comes out uh, uh, just for shits and giggles. It comes out uh, the 75th anniversary of uh, Action Comics number one, I think. 
I feel like DC should just go ahead and mm. cast Nicolas Cage as Lobo. Because <laughs> they don't want to make a good movie? Because <laughs> they don't want to make a good movie. God. God. Lobo. <laughs> Chad and his ideas. Uh, I'm still waiting on a Flash movie. Let's follow yeah. up Superman with Lobo. Maybe he got uh, good ratings on Young Justice. He was there for seven minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No. God. Hey. Oh, man. Corin, aren't you glad you were here for this? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about what what I had to suffer through uh, when we actually record that episode. Yeah. Oh, wait, you announced it already, though, didn't you? Maybe, I don't know. I think it was on Facebook. That might have been Chad, then. <laughs> what? I don't know. Did I, I don't ask know. it? I don't know. We were gonna do Green Lantern versus Aliens, but then Jim messed up, so we did this. <laughs> Jim messed up. Yeah. My butt. Yeah, you did mess up your butt. No, hey, don't blame actually. it on... As long as nobody blames it on me, I'm good. Damn I it, Chad. From, I told you off from the beginning I wasn't gonna be involved with this one. No, Damn I'm, it, Chad. And I'm not actually gonna get to see Prometheus until tomorrow. And earlier in the day when I had talked to Dan, he hadn't heard back from Corwin. Yeah. I said, I'm like, well, that's kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, otherwise... sorry. No, you emailed me. I just never checked my email. I, yeah. I looked at uh, at uh, Skype and Facebook again, but I didn't check my email. Oh. No, and I just thought about how if it's just me and Dan, it's probably not going to be as good an episode as if we had Corwin on. So I said, oh, well, let's just, you know, let's postpone it. And that way we can just do it right. Okay, I, th- I thought we had confirmed that same night, which, which is We'd, pretty we... ironic. Uh, did 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 Jim t- did uh Dan tell you guys the story? What? No. How oh, I just kind of popped up on Skype. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I told <laughs> I told one of them that maybe it was Chad. <laughs> like I you, just... yeah, you tell you tell. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, you tell it better. I'm assuming. I, I tell it better. I, yeah. I <laughs> I'm assuming you tell it better. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw Dan. We were about to record. I saw Dan. I said, "Hey, Dan, you know, what nights do you guys record?" Dan's like, "Uh, Monday night." I was like, "Cool." I was like, "Well, let me know next time you guys record, and I want to hop on." He's like, "You talked to Jim already, right?" I'm like, "No." Did you talk to Chad? I'm like, "No." Well, we're doing Aliens versus Green Lantern versus Aliens, and you're gonna be on. It's like, oh. Okay. Great. <laughs> when was that? Like two days ago or something. No, it was not. It was like last Wednesday. When did I record it? Well, like last Wednesday. Oh. So you had confirmed. Yeah, I told you like the next day. <laughs> I, I confirmed before he asked me. Yeah. He was a time machine, remember? Okay. Good. He's basically like, Hi, Dan, how are you? I'm like, hey, did they tell you we're going to have you on for Green Lantern vs. Aliens Monday night at 9 o'clock? <laughs> He's <laughs> like, uh, no. I'm like, oh, um, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, he didn't, even, he didn't even have to get that far. I was just like, hey, when are you guys recording again? Because I'm like, why else would he ask me when we're recording? <laughs> I still don't know why you asked me that. <laughs> I just, 
I figured, hey, I missed you guys. I wanted to jump on. Aww. <laughs> so, so I had I had one quick topic. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of a random thought, but I I figure it may go somewhere. Um, you know, I was thinking about how, like, with the emotional spectrum, you know, with the different interactions between the colors, um, or lack thereof. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. lack thereof now, but. You know, originally there were like specific interactions depending on, you know, which color acting upon what. And like I was thinking about it during the week and it's like, you know, it doesn't it didn't really make a lot of sense. And in actuality, like I would like to see them, you know, I'd like to see it change because. When when I think about it for me personally, like if something gets me angry. Like, if I'm feeling incredibly angry, then, like, as, as funny as it is, like, that's usually when I am at my most motivated. You know, like, if I have enough anger behind me, that's going to amp up my willpower tre- tremendously. I mean, have you guys ever, you know, felt that or noticed that? Uh, yeah, when I was I younger, when people, I never st- 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 my, st- uh, stepped my game up. Rather than when more when someone told me I couldn't do something, it just pissed me off and made me want to do it more and prove them wrong. You could say the same thing about love. But you could say the same thing about all of them. Yeah. You know, if you're if you have enough greed, you know, for something, then that greed is going to motivate you to get it or take it or whatever. True. If you're afraid enough then that fear is going to motivate you to, you know, either overcome the fear or it's going to motivate you to run away and do something, you know, to save yourself from what's causing you fear. So do you want all of the rings to amp up the Green Lantern rings? Because that would be incredibly boring. Or, I, well, I mean, like, when you think about it like that, then... Like, I don't know what I want to see happen, but, like, I would like to see that somehow acknowledged. Like, even if that doesn't, that's not normally the case, but if maybe a Green Lantern was, like, running out of a charge, you know, but he's surrounded by Red Lanterns, you know, and he could just somehow convert the Red Mm -hmm. Energy into creating, you know, his, like, filling his own ring. Eh. No. I mean, we we. I mean, what it comes down to is there are different ways of thinking about all this stuff, but it's not like it's just not the way they went with. I mean, the first time we ever met Larflees, he and he was talking about hope. He had his own version of what hope is and how it works, and it made sense, but it's not the way they went. You know. Well then. Maybe that's another way you could tackle it in that depending on how each lantern, you know, conceives of the other emotion, you know, and their own personal mindset or whatever, it might, I don't know, it might interact differently. Hmm. Where are you going with this? Nowhere. (laughs) It's just a random thought. Uh, Well. I mean, it would be. I agree, it would be cool if they really stepped up 
and got into the interactions of the different powers again like they were doing up until Blackest Night happened. And they have to a slight degree lately, but um, I think the th- the idea you're proposing makes those interactions even more layered and complicated than what they were already doing. And they're, right, right. They're, they're definitely not going to do something even more layered and complicated than what they were already doing. <laughs> that's what I would like. Yeah, I think that's that is my goal, though. Like that, that's what I would like to say. Like more layered than what they just originally did where like if somebody with rage vomits on your construct that it's all of a sudden you know your ring is going to go haywire you know and it's going to need to get like reset or something like that you know like that i mean on the one hand i can understand how that interaction you know would occur but by the same token you know it's like depending on how you react to that energy perhaps different things could happen but like you said it would be that much more complicated so i mean hell, i'm kind of the same like i still think it would be really cool if the effects were automatic so like if you had a green lantern and a red lantern and a blue lantern all next to each other the blue lantern would automatically boost the green lantern's ring and kill the charge of the red lantern's ring so, like, in a book like New Guardians, it would genuinely matter who's on a mission with who kind of thing. And, like, you couldn't have Blees and St. Walker out in space near each other because Blees would die, you know? Well, didn't they, didn't they, like, pull a truce, which is why the interactions kind of, I guess they willf- well, willfully, I guess they purposefully kind of held back their rings to keep them from you know, interfering with each other. Wasn't that what the truce was about as well, or something? I like that. You get a no prize. <laughs> well, they they also said that Kyle's ring was getting boosted by St. Walker's blue ring, but they also made a point of saying that that charge wasn't going to last forever. So apparently, blue ring won't keep your, you know, your green ring just on 200% forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, they also said it would... Like, St. Walker would use up his charge, charging Kyle. You know? So. I don't know. Uh, it's still it's still incredibly fertile ground they could play with. They're doing it a little bit, and hopefully they'll do it more when they have to all fight Larflees soon. So. <sighs> okay. One last thing I want to throw in here. Oh, God. No, this is fine. It's an announcement. It's great. Here we go. It's great. You're getting engaged. No. Yes, actually. Chad, do you want to tell them or should I? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Our, our ways... we, agreed, we agreed we weren't going to tell anybody. Listen, listen. The reception will be in Texas. It will be, tater- it will be catered entirely by taco trucks. <laughs> <laughs> There will be chicken. It'll be great. Um, no. Corwin hasn't heard that yet. Uh, Corwin, you are going to love it. <laughs> In the past, you already have. Um, the Green Lantern animated series, the first season, or was that a full season? I think it was a full season. <clears throat> anyway, it's coming to DVD. It'll be available August 28th. It's got the full 13 episodes, if you split the premiere into two parts. That's 13 episodes. 
we haven't talked about it yet. It's on the schedule. It's coming soon. This is a fantastic cartoon. Whether you're a Green Lantern fan or not, give this thing a try. And the best part is, even if... I, I have no idea what the ratings are for this show. But even if they, for some retarded reason they didn't bring it back for season two, they tell a complete story with season one, and you have it all in one shot right here. So, so yeah. So you, you don't follow... You guys do definitely don't follow your Twitter then, huh? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is certainly coming back. Oh, good. How, however, they can't say if it's going to be a continuation of season one or if they're just going to call it season two. Um, I follow one of the people that work, actually work on the show on Twitter, so I usually retweet whatever he tweets. Huh. Chad, aren't you supposed to be on top of Twitter? <laughs> I'm on top of multiple things for this show that you guys have thrown by the wayside. Chad, we talked about our gay marriage enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. Okay, so there's that. Everybody get the DVDs. I absolutely am. Me too. And then we'll and then and then we'll cover it on the show. <laughs> Because, frankly, iTunes is way too freaking expensive for me not to have a physical copy of it. Yeah. And the last thing I did retweet is there is an interview with uh, the voice actor of Razor. Ooh. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I'd love that character. All right. All right. We done? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I think, so. just, just for fun, let's have Corwin do our closing. Uh... Wow. But that, that's not fun. 803 Lantern. Good. Now, <laughs> 708 Lantern. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 Corwin. That's the voicemail number. No, I, late. no, said, I know. I know. Done. I know. No, no, wait. No, wait, wait, wait. No, wait. Wait, wait. No, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> Right. Corwin, Corwin, tell them about yes. your stuff. Where oh. can they find you on the internet and such? They can find me on Earth's Mightiest Podcast dot uh, com, the Avengers podcast, where we kind of delve into all, pretty much all things Avengers, as well as the Merc Report, which is brought to you by CulturalWormhole.com. dot com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as I mentioned before, Corwin C, and that's Corwin then the letter C. Sweet. Right. We're at lanterncast.com. Uh, from there, you can find a forum, Facebook page. You can go to, you can email us at lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. And uh, again, 708 is that, 708 lantern is our voicemail number. Which we won't be doing any voicemails tonight. Did we finally get some? Because you guys have been wishing and wishing, and I'm, I was going to leave one, but I was trying to catch up on episodes first. We have <laughs> we have three. We almost did them tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. Almost. <laughs> yes. Dan was thwarted once again. Jim hates all of you listening, just so you know. <laughs> That's not true. That's why we had to bring Chad, so that the good would outnumber the bad. <laughs> well, oh, I'm good now? Another thing for listeners to do is actually leave feedback on iTunes. <laughs> You're good enough. Ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, oh yeah, I saw uh, Corwin. You know you what? Should... That, 
I just baby could not get here fast enough. What's that? Oh. I said that baby cannot get here fast enough. He's looking forward to your fatherly absence. Oh, yeah. And Cor- I just saw Corwin did leave us an iTunes review relatively recently. Nice. Like, what, three months ago? Relatively. <laughs> yeah, that's recent enough. Uh, I just checked it today. I'm like, hey, that's new. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. (laughs) So long. What's up, Chad? What's up, Corwin? How goes it, sir? Goes pretty good. This will give you guys a good laugh. Let's see. Is this your computer? No. (laughs) (laughs) Got it off Reddit. Alex sent it to me. Sure you did. (laughs) Oh, God. Porn, not porn, creepy porn, unforgivable porn. (laughs) <laughs> looks like we're forced to buy soft covers, Dan. For what? O- OMAC is coming out in soft cover only. That's alright. We can we can bind it. There you go. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm working on this Kyle Rayner thing. I'm not I'm not gonna bind eight issues of a series. <laughs> well, yeah, it Go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say, yeah, it took you like half an hour to make that decision and then immediately start panicking because you don't know how, what order. <laughs> yeah. That's alright, though. I figured out a good portion of it by looking through my own collection of what I already had and looking at like the top of the titles. You know, if it said part whatever of whatever, then trying to look up those series online and everything. But hmm. I'm debating on whether or not I should actually put Ion in or not. Oh, you should. If you're a Kyle yeah. fan. I figure. I mean, it's it was a, terrible. It's, a, but, so. yeah. it's an atrocity, but whatever. Have you read it yet? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I've read okay. it. We have but to do pro- that at some point. <laughs> my, well, yeah. Uh, we'll have to bring Ron Mars online and uh, review the series with him. <laughs> um, no, I'm trying to figure out, do I end at Ion issue 12, or do I end... With um, Tales of the Green Lantern Corps Ion, issue one. Tales of the Green... That... Doesn't that so one go after Night? the Sinestro Corps War? No, this one happens before Sinestro Corps War. Because... Was it a one-shot, or was oh. it... No, that happened, that happened during the Sinestro Corps War. Was it the one with the cover of him flying with Sodom yet? Yes. Yeah, that was a- that was right after the Sinestro Corps war ended. Oh, it was after? Yep. Yeah. I had no idea.
Hmm. Corwin. Yes, sir. With that image that you sent us. <laughs> <laughs> of your hard drive. I'm guessing, I'm guessing uh, the, the not porn is, is secretly also porn. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. It's your computer. We broke in. You should never go to the bathroom while you're we, online. <laughs> we hacked your computer, and that's what we saw. Oh, man. That would be amazing <laughs> if I had that many gigabytes <laughs> of anything. No, we got it off of Reddit. Or Alex found it on Reddit. Story keeps on changing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, guys. I have an email from Garwin. Really? <laughs> oh. It's like 20 minutes old. Well, I'm glad to know that that Sinestro Core thing happened. That's good. Because, to be truthful, even though the series sucked, the last page of issue 12 of the Ion series is a nice like cliffhanger for the whole bind. Oh, his the whole thing with his mom was cool. That last couple issues. Yeah. That's well, like it, you're yeah, not talking about it. the page where the rings are starting to fly around, are you? Yes, that's it. That is shit. I hate you now. Those are just those yeah. are just yellow rings. I know they are, but it's just kind of cool that, you know, because the, the next bind in the series would be Sinestro Core War. Yeah, I guess. So, so it'd be a nice, wait, like... Wait, wait, wait. Where would you be putting that? In my Kyle Rayner bind. And then the next bind would be the Sinestro Core War bind? He's talking, he's talking about the Ion 12-issue series. Yes. Right, yeah. You're, so you would bind... Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I are. Are you going to? I think I know the problem Jim's having. <laughs> it's like you're gonna put the Kyle solo series and cap it with the Ion series. Yes. Instead, instead of going Kyle series and then Hal series and then Ion series and then Sinestro Corps. Yes. Well, I mean, even besides that. What you're saying is you're going to end the Kyle run with that Ion series, and then the next bind would start at the Sinestro Core War? Honestly, I'm not quite sure I'd even do a next bind. I just want to have all of Kyle Rayner's stuff in one in a series of hardcover volumes. What about Green Lantern Core? That's not solo stuff, well, though. Yeah. In, in all honesty, you, you may just want to start thinking long-term, and if you want to expand on your library from there, you may want to do it that way, because I, I never considered binding Volume 3, and then, lo and behold, I have the whole damn series now. So <laughs> think, think long-term. What you should do is get duplicate copies of each issue. Oh, Lord. And do... Like, dip, do, like, binding trees that branch off in different directions. <laughs> I would cap the Kyle run with the final issue of Volume 3. and then, 181? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then start it up again with uh, Recharge. Hmm. Or actually, you could even do Rebirth in there. You know, have yeah. Rebirth, then Recharge, and then go on the Green Lantern core. You know, Tangent... And I think Ion sprung out of that. Well, if you wanted to, you could put um. Because I think 
Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. What about the Infinite Crisis Ran Thanagar War one-shot where Jade dies? Yeah, that was not, a good one. Not even just the one-shot, because, I mean, I think, if I'm remembering right, Kyle's progression went... His, his whole series through 181. Then Rebirth. Then the Ranthanagar War miniseries and its one shot. And then Green Lantern Corps Recharge. No. Well, no. you got to throw in Green Lantern in there because Green no. Lantern started before uh, you had, Infinite. Uh, yeah, first you had Rebirth, then you had Recharge, then you had the Ranthanagar War because the whole Infinite Crisis thing. Ended leaving the one year later thing, and that yeah, no. was oh god. Yeah, but no, because in in a Ranthanagar War, the only like there was still no Green Lantern Corps. It was just Kyle and Kilowog. Mm. Like I think I think Recharge happened sometime around the same time that the Ranthanagar War was being published. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I think you're right. And then, yeah, how 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 long did uh, Infinite Crisis go on for? Seven issues, I think. So that was like seven months. Roughly, yes. <laughs> so then, yeah, it actually might have been eight. Um, Damn it, Chad. <laughs> well, it gives me an excuse to read Circle of Fire and GL versus Aliens. I've never read either of those. Oh, well, you have time to read Green Lantern vs. Aliens now, because... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to go out and buy it ASAP. Well, uh, it's on the uh, the server. You know, one thing that this map doesn't have is the um, Green Lantern Flash Faster Friends. Hmm. I mean, it's got Green Lantern New Core. That's good. I was wondering where that would go. but Which map Green is Lantern that? Flash... The one you gave me, Corwin. Hmm. Corwin and his incomplete maps. Well, I, that's not my map. <laughs> Somebody else posted it, but I, I know I have... One I have has faster friends. I know that. Why doesn't this one have it? Oh, yeah, it does. Never mind. I totally yep. skipped over it. Volume 5. <laughs> How does that work in a bind, though, Corwin? These pages, aren't they, like, uh, thicker or something like that? Does, does it trim or something does it work well in a bond yeah, yeah it's fine okay yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask that about like having like prestige format books included into a bind or anything if that was any kind of weird thing or that there was any issues with that um now that you mentioned so it's well the one you have is larger <laughs> than a regular comic issue uh... i think i have the reprint the recent reprint that they did for faster friends they're is, roughly the same size. Is the reprint more like a comic? Yeah, the reprint is, I'm pretty certain, is comic size. Well, I would definitely go for that because with the the uh, the prestige format, you know, I think it was on a little bit glossier paper, and uh, the cover is definitely a lot more solid, you know, a lot thicker. Yeah. The cardstock. Yeah. That, that doesn't really affect it too too much, depending on where where in the bind it is, because that page will definitely stand straight up once you get close to it. Well, so I'm gonna the, have to start thinking. Green Lantern Flash Faster Friends is the last one in in one of the yeah. bind volumes. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm gonna have to start thinking about this soon. Since I'm going to I'm going to start binding all of Green Lantern, period. Except for Golden Age stuff, because you know. And I'm going to have to start from somewhere in the middle. So I'm gonna be mapping lots of things. You gonna start in the middle? Not the exact I might start with like 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 Emerald Twilight and work up because all the holes I have are basically in the first half of the Silver Age, and like that's like I don't want to wait until I fill all of that to start at the beginning. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm just gonna figure this all out, get it exact, and then start binding with it, yeah. with vo- with like volume 15 or something. Yeah, well, yeah, wherever you want. With my X Men, I started at 69. After with volume sixty nine? <laughs> yeah, I started with volume sixty nine. Wow. I got volume one and then sixty nine through seventy three. Damn. There's only one issue on this map that's not on there, and it's the uh Green Lantern retroactive for the nineteen nineties. Oh yeah, they don't have that new stuff, but they also skipped over mosaic. <laughs> but uh, I think that's my beating heart. I, I think it's easy to fit that in though. Yeah. Now, Dan, would you put Mosaic, like, all together and then, you know, continue on with the rest of the, you know, Green Lantern stories? Or would you alternate it so that you had it so that each month, you know, as it came out with the other books in case it crossed over or anything, it referenced nah, anything? I'm, I'm keeping Mosaic an island. Like, I... I, I forget, Corwin told me once, like, kind of, like, the sweet spot for the number of issues you can put in a bind comfortably. One and but a half. Like... What? One and a half inches. One and a half inches. That's a lot of binds. Well, honestly, <laughs> with, with, with the older comics, with the uh, newsprint, you can probably go, go to close to two inches and be fine still. Yeah. I was thinking, like, just in terms of, like, breaking up story-wise or whatever, like, I would keep, like, all of the Mosaic stuff in its own volume, like, the actual Mosaic series and the four issues of Green Lantern that led into it. Basically, everything I covered in the spinoff would right. go into its own thing. But would you also duplicate, the, duplicate those four issues in the Green Lantern bind? No, no. I'm not crazy like Chad. <laughs> you, yeah, you would just stop one volume at at that part and have mosaic fit between but you have to measure it out to really see how you want to do it you have to have yeah because like i can't see myself driving myself too too crazy with this but like i would have it so that it makes sense like i'm definitely going to like interweave everything kind of meticulously when it comes to like the crossovers like the sinestro core war and blackest night and all that stuff but like i don't know i'm still deciding how i'm gonna break stuff up my biggest concern was naming them. <laughs> I don't know why. The first, I, I know my very first volume of the Kyle Rayner bind was going to be called in, uh, Inheritance. I know that. Oh, that's a good I might just keep it bare bones and just be like, like Book of Oa, Volume 1, Book of Oa, Volume 2, and just go all the way through like that. That's a good one. Hmm. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one because it's the whole story. Nice. Yeah. 
This whole conversation should just be after the credits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. It's like the most comic talk we'll probably have in this episode. <laughs> now someone's going to steal my inheritance idea. Damn it. Yep. We, we'll, <laughs> we'll bleep you. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't bleep when you say somebody's going to steal my inheritance <laughs> idea. <laughs> it'll be great because they'll everybody will think that you're saying like something really really foul and we had to come down hard on you <laughs> have you listened to uh, 131 yet by the way either I'm of mind. of wait of what of this of the our podcast episode 131 uh was it the um where we spent an hour talking about alan scott yes yes i did my first reaction was we have an hour left. What else do we talk about besides Alan Scott? But no, but no, it was just that. <laughs> oh I was I was referencing when James had a little bit of fun with the uh, echo effect of. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he did when I said it too. Yeah. Every time someone said "pick of the week," he just <laughs> echo it's gonna, echo. It's gonna happen right then too. <laughs> oh, he so he he did add all the the sound clips and everything like that. Yeah, there was only one. Okay, oh, don't two. spoil, don't spoil any more for me. Oh yeah, Corwin's behind by like five no, months. No, I'm on one. I'm on one twenty nine. Oh Jesus, even worse. He's catching up. Let's record a few more after he's on the line with us. That came out on the first. That's like <laughs> eighteen days old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we still have as we as we sit here right now, we still have like three episodes ready to be edited or something, don't we? <laughs> oh God. Nice. I'm reading the forum right now. We finally Jesus. got a comment for episode 131. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> what I, I've seen oh. <laughs> No, it's not me. I don't. I don't go into forums unless I've caught up. No, it's uh, it's our listener. Uh, <laughs> Jeff. Gioff. Oh, it's Jeff. You know, Geoff. Geoff. God, you're an asshole. <laughs> he's, ha- he's, ha- he's having some fun at my expense, <laughs> like all <laughs> of you do. <laughs> Regarding Alan Scott, is Chad's big concern that this might be a change for the sake of change? I thought I heard him mention it, but I'm not sure. I should hope this isn't change for the sake of change because I've heard the change for the sake of change. Did you say it last? Change for the sake of change. This is a paragraph. This is amazing. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, you did so a lot. Or we also revealed that we're going to make Chad gay to try and boost our numbers. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> this would normally be where, where I do some kind of a voice, but no, I'm not going to give you guys fuel. <laughs> so, so, Dan, you're not going to go back to uh, Volume 2 and, and bind some of the Green Lantern Corps, you know, when it switched over to Green Lantern Corps in the 200s and onwards. Oh, yeah, no, I'm definitely am. Yeah. Like, my goal is to, like, get, is to bind everything from Hal Jordan's first appearance on. And I am absolutely fine doing, like, reprints and shit. Like, I have, like, a bunch of, like, the, the, Chronicles, those color trades that they keep Mm -hmm. putting out. 
oddly they keep putting out, and I am absolutely fine just using those as my uh, stand-in for the super expensive stuff. True. Smart. Smart, smart. I don't know. Oh. I, 172 is where I'm drawing the line. I don't think I can sit through anything older than that. Yeah. That's part of the reason, too. Like, I want to... This is also kind of encouraging me to fill in my collection because there's so much I haven't read. Even out of the stuff I have, I just haven't haven't read it. And there's something about the ability to just sit down and, like, read someday, sit down and read, like, the entire Green Lantern history straight through. Yeah, that's 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 a big drive for me to do the particular bonding series I'm doing is because I've never read the entirety of the Kyle Rayner run. I have it all digitally, but I just... There's there's a difference between pulling up the files one by one by one to read them and sitting yes. down with a hardcover. Exactly. Yeah. So, which is why I haven't read it either. Um, <laughs> plus, all the Kyle Rayner issues are still easy to find, and you know all that other stuff. So, <laughs> Jim doesn't care anymore. <laughs> now, there's a few things that I'd like to bind eventually. <laughs> have the uh, the whole Guy Gardner series. That'd be fun to bind. I, you know, I almost have the entire Warrior chunk of that series, but at some point Me I just too. couldn't bring myself to keep buying issues of it. So I just, I'm like, I need to fill this in, but I don't wanna. That was my next question, if it was any, if it was worth even going back and rereading. I liked it. I haven't read a single issue, and I have almost all of them. Yeah, I like the warrior stuff a lot. Well, you like the concept in general, too. I mean, in on, in all honesty, the concept is somewhat... Um, Stupid? No, it was, at, at the time, it was just like, uh, like it had been done. No, it had been done. You know, there were other characters that had that same ability to just kind of create weapons off their body. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The fact of the matter is, it was that with Guy Gardner's personality, and that's what made it entertaining to read. Yeah. So, that's why I liked it. It's like you got Guy Gardner going on, like, you know, quests and jungles and shit, trying to find, you know, this mysterious water of the warrior or something like that. I mean, it was completely ludicrous, but it was a lot of fun to read. So... After the Kyle Rayner series, I've got like four uh, on deck for the next series of binds I'm doing. It's either Guy Gardner, the uh, new Krypton stuff with Superman, uh, or the origin the the Firestorm series or the Static series. Which Firestorm done. series? Uh, the well, I'm I'm gonna do the no, I don't think I can. Those issues are actually wider than the re- regular issues. Uh, probably starting with the 80s, the first issue that came out in the 80s, and then going from there. Hmm. The Basically the highest, the, the <laughs> longest running of the Firestorm series. I have the whole Captain Adam series from the 80s. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd like to bind that <laughs> at some point. I've got a decent run of, uh, of, uh, what was I going to say? What was the one you said, Chad? Static? No, before that. Um, Superman New Krypton? Yes. Got a decent run of Jeff Johns' uh, run on that up through... Pretty much up through the New Krypton stuff. 
I want to buy mm-hmm. into. I just haven't had time to really put it in order. You know, but I, I heard this... the, sh- okay. the shielding is not really the way to go is what some people are telling me. Yeah, that's what I hear. I think I have a I have a, a good amount of the issues, and I looked up the shield the the shield numbering. And I was like, I don't have even half of this, and I feel like I got the whole story. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to read all the Superman comics with the shield numbers. That was just telling you where you know they happened. No, no, I found I found another list besides the one that's on the site that uh, I I was flipping through the site that Corwin gave me a link through. Right. And there's shield numbering there, but then I found one that was like a smaller version, like a condensed version that was just stuff that was supposedly critical to the new Krypton storyline. Mm. And I some of those issues I didn't have and I was just like I I don't don't think I missed anything. <laughs> so But maybe if you had them you oh. have an even better picture. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole bind would be new, new Krypton, and then World of New Krypton, and then War of the Superman. I think came after that. Oh, actually, yeah, that's where I'd be ending mine. Yeah. <laughs> that's where everybody ends their Superman collection. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd end it after that because I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not binding uh, grounded. <laughs> What's that? I, that never existed. Yeah, <laughs> basically. New universe. It's gone now. <laughs> <clears throat> that had so much potential. And then yes. it walked away. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <sighs> this is making me realize I'm missing like one issue of Peter David's Captain Marvel. And that's my favorite Marvel book. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Like... I remember, like, the last time I thought about this was, like, three years ago, and I'm like, huh, I'm missing two. I'll get those someday. So I should really go find that out and bind the whole thing. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm missing more than that. I'm missing, like, 30. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the series was only 34 issues. I know. No. <laughs> it, was two, it was two series. Yeah, technically, yeah. It's like 60. Yeah, they did that thing where they had both sets of numbering going at the same time. It was really kind of weird. <clears throat> it was kind of a nice like it let them have their restart but it still kept very clearly kept the continuity and the numbering going I'm actually missing 29 issues oh see it's getting better <laughs> keep hey. looking maybe you'll find more it's kind of really low on my want list right now I have two issues of Gotham Central I need to hunt down I'm probably going to do it at Heroes Con this weekend you know I have the irredeemable Ant-Man in every form it's existed in so far, like really? I have like <clears throat> I have like the the single issues. I have the two digests. I have the one big trade. I don't have a custom hardcover. <laughs> How many issues was that series? Like nine? Twelve. 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 I should get another set of those <laughs> and then find them. But then he popped up over an initiative. I don't care. I'm <laughs> I'm just getting this book. <laughs> I'm missing like six of that Ant-Man series. So good. Hey Jim, I just finished reading the uh, the good version of the Dark Things. The good. Good version. Yeah, the Green Lantern and Sentinel, Heart of Darkness. Uh... 
<laughs> it's pretty much the exact same story, right? Just really condensed and much I, better. <laughs> I remember liking that one. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a lot different because it didn't completely suck. <clears throat> it's like it did everything that this one kind of did but didn't. Like, Jade came in with all these new powers and then was super effective and Kyle showed up and he did awesome stuff. And Obsidian <laughs> was there. And he was he was cool, I think. And, I don't know. And uh, this Starheart wasn't a total waste of time. Uh, kiss your Starheart goodbye. <clears throat> Alrighty then. It's a weird thing to say right before you kill someone. <laughs> no, I'm saying as far as <laughs> probably going to do away with the star heart. Yeah, I was thinking about that yesterday too, and honestly, what the hell? <laughs> That's my little dog trying to sound like a big dog. Well, what oh. you call it? Let's 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 save that for the actual episode. Of this episode or? Yeah, we'll start the episode. <laughs> that way, all the aggressive stuff can go after the episode. Yeah. All right. Whatever.